0: Headliner Radio, the creative voice.
1: Today we're welcoming Simon Ward, member of the Strum Bellas, onto the podcast to talk about the new music from Simon and the island. Welcome Simon, how are you today?
0: I'm very well, thank you.
1: Excellent, excellent, good to hear it. And whereabouts are you?
0: I am in Lindsay, Ontario, which is about an hour and a half away from Toronto.
1: Oh, that's a beautiful place from what I think I know of it.
0: Yeah, it's a nice, quaint little town, about 25,000 people. Uh, It's where I was born and raised.
1: I see, I see. And are you in your... Is that the studio you're in at the moment? I know for the purpose of our listeners, they can't see you, but you're in a a lovely-looking room.
0: Yes, I'm in my studio, and uh, this is kind of like my my hangout spot.
1: Okay, cool. And I'm guessing, have you been spending a lot of time in there over the last more than a year now, I suppose, isn't it?
0: Yeah, for sure. This is my... uh, this is my place where I do my writing and my work and uh, and just generally hang out. So I do spend a lot of time in here for sure.
1: Mm. And um, so what is a typical day in the life of Simon Ward like at the moment? What are you finding yourself doing these days?
0: So a day in the life of Simon is uh, I have three kids. Okay. So I wake up pretty early um, to get them all ready for school. And then it's kind of like, chaos in the mornings from about you know 7 a.m to 9 a.m getting the kids ready for school and then I walk the kids to school and then my days are kind of interesting right now I'm I'm doing a lot of meditating um I take my dog for a walk I try to do some work um I, I'm kind of like the stay-at-home dad slash musician. So I often have like errands to do or, or do laundry or stuff like that. Um, but that's, that's basically how I spend my day, just kind of kind of odds and sods of little different things.
1: Mm, pretty hectic, uh, father of three as well. Yeah, I can only imagine. So um, the meditating as well, is that something you've always been into or did you get into it during the lockdown period?
0: Um I've sort of dabbled in it for many years. Um I'm trying to do it daily. Um it's a very interesting thing to do. My psychologist really recommends it and and says that it's really fantastic. It's it's one of those things that it's very hard to tell if it's helping. Um but I'm I'm sticking with it because everybody keeps telling me how great it is. So uh to answer your question, I've dabbled in it, but I've been doing it pretty constantly in the last year or so.
1: Okay. See, so yeah, from people that I know that do it, they all say it's just a thing you have to get used to setting time to do and you get into the mindset of it and it does seem to be quite beneficial. So you know, keep going. I'm sure you're doing well with it.
0: Yeah, totally. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep tracking with it and see where it takes me.
1: Awesome. And um so how's this year been for you so far? Maybe especially compared to last year after a very long, long period where everyone was stuck at home. What did you just carry on working. I guess you did everything minus the school run, right?
0: Yeah. You know, it's been a, it's been a very interesting year or two for me. Um, I've had, uh, some pretty, um, pretty rough, uh, mental health issues in the past couple of years. So, um, basically I've spent a year or two, um, Educating myself and learning and, and healing, quote unquote. Um, but also, I've been getting into doing more songwriting sessions, uh, which has been great. Um, so that's kind of what I've been focusing my my work energy on. And then the other time has just been healing and 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 learning about mental health and managing it.
1: Okay. And do you think that that's something that you were? in in a way given the the gift of time to do given that everyone's kind of stuck at home a lot of people put these things to the side we just work don't we i suppose with you you're probably on the road with the band and here there and everywhere and then suddenly boom everyone's at home so did it give you that time to focus on you know what's important and yourself and everything
0: yeah i think so um you know the time away from touring has been good um just a kind of of, of- spend time at home with the family and and uh and I think I think regardless of the pandemic I probably would have taken the time off just because my mental health got mm. so bad so um, um, yeah it's been it's been an interesting two years but a well-needed two years of of rest and and healing
1: okay I see time of uh, much self-reflection for many but that's great to hear that you've taking time to look at your mental health um it's not a thing that people often always talk about especially men so it's quite refreshing actually these days to hear more people speaking about it
0: yeah I'm very open about it and uh it's it's became a very important thing in my life so I just feel like I don't really have a choice but to talk about it my I talk about it with my friends and my family and anyone who comes over it's just a very open discussion with me
1: great that's really great um, okay, so um I'd love to know a little bit about the music you were into when you were growing up, perhaps when you're a kid or a teenager. What was inspiring you, what were you around? Maybe your parents used to play or brainwash you as mine did with certain kinds of music. What was it what was it like for you, Simon?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So like as a kid kid, um my parents uh liked, you know, the classic sixties music. My mom was a huge Leslie Gore fan. Um, the nylons who are a Canadian act. Um, um my dad liked the Rolling Stones and the animals and the doors. So I got exposed to a lot of that stuff at a very young age. I, I still remember having the records, playing the records in our house. Um so that's kind of where I started off. And then once I hit high school, I turned into an absolute hip hop fanatic. Um like Wu-Tang Clan, you know, Tupac, uh, 90s hip hop. I just became utterly obsessed with 90s hip hop music um, to the point where I was myself in a hip hop group. And, uh, and so for all of my high school, I was, I was, I was obsessed with, with, with that hip hop. And then once college hit, uh, I started to get into uh, alternative country and, uh, And that kind of opened my eyes. And so I became obsessed with that for a while. And that's kind of when I started the strombellas in my alternative country phase. Um, Hence the music is very alternative country. Um, And so, so I lasted in in that for a while. And now in my older age, I'm kind of open to different things, but I would say like my two favorite genres of music are just like top 40 pop. I love top 40 pop. And also, I really love, like, uh, I listen to a lot of, like, sad indie folk uh, music as well. That's, it's very relaxing to me. And that's probably my favorite genre of music now is is sad indie folk.
1: Okay, quite eclectic then. Um, And can you remember what the first um, bit of music you bought with your own money was, perhaps when you were a kid or a teenager?
0: Yeah, absolutely. It was um, Tupac, All Eyes on Me.
1: Oh, nice. That's cool. A lot of people give embarrassing answers. That's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I was pretty stoked about that record, and uh, and I listened to it a lot, that's for sure.
1: What format? Are we talking cassette? What was it? That,
0: that would have been CD.
1: CD, okay, okay. Yeah. I'm only saying because I think I remember buying cassettes, so I wasn't aging you there um, at all, Simon. I just no, assumed. <laughs> totally cool. <laughs> All good. Um, so obviously you've mentioned that many people will know you from the drum Bellas, of course, who formed in 2008 when that has just flown by, I'm sure. Um, and I saw that originally you posted an ad on Craigslist for musicians. So different times. Um, what are your memories of this and how the band started to take off?
0: Um, yeah. So like you said, I posted an ad on Craigslist. Um, I was living in Toronto at the time and I had never really um, set my eyes on being in a band, Um, but I just on a whim one day put this out on Craigslist. And I think like 15 people showed up at my apartment. Um, And and then it just kind of went from there. We started jamming together and then 15 people eventually came down to six people. And then we started playing farmer's markets and any gig we could get our hands on. And then, um, you know, it started to really shape and we started to, um, find our sound and, and get, you know, started to slowly get bigger gigs and bigger gigs. And, uh, and that was kind of like a period of for the next 10 years of my life was, was a hundred percent dedicated to this band. Uh, I quit my job. Um, I was, I was broke. And, but I had this uh, dream of, of, of being in a band and and quote unquote, making it, making it a career. So, um, you know, for those 10 years, I was, I was obsessed about this band and, and where we could take it and how much of the world we could travel. And, uh, and so that's kind of, kind of where the strumbellas came from.
1: And the song Spirits, I know in particular, that really got the band noticed. So what do you think it is about that song that really struck a chord with people and still does to this day?
0: Um, that's a really good question. I think that um, partly maybe um, I think the lyrics connected with people. Um, you know, um, mental health is so prevalent in the world, and I think um, – people really connected with the idea of having guns in your head and having problems and spirits in your head. So I think that helped. And, um, you know, it was a, it was a cool melody and I was always proud of that melody. And so I think just the combination of the two is what kind of, um, made people uh, like it. And, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. Like you, you you write so many songs and you're not sure which ones are good or bad because they're all your babies, but that one seemed to grab onto people the most. So it's kind of a, a bit of a mystery to me, but, um, I'm super thankful for it as well.
1: Mm. And, um, what are your memories of writing this track? Uh, you know, the inspiration behind it, where the ideas came from?
0: Um, like most of my writing is just sort of off the cuff. Um, I'm not much of a planner, uh, I don't set out to do anything. Um, so I think, um, believe it or not, it was just kind of like um, all the other songs I write. And I was sitting down with an acoustic guitar one day and, and plunking it around. And um, you know, that melody just came up and um, the lyrics came at the same time. I just, it was like a quick five minute voice memo. Um, and I wrote it one day and then I, I circled around to it months later and I was like, Hey, this is pretty cool. So I sent it to the band and they really liked it. And then after that, it was just about kind of piecing it together. And um, that song was kind of interesting because I think I pieced together like four different songs that I had at the time and kind of made it into like a puzzle. And I took like the bridge from one song and brought it over and then I took the pre-chorus from another song and brought it over and I kind of put it all together like a puzzle to complete that song. So, um, that's kind of where it came from.
1: Okay. And are you still making music with the band and performing?
0: Yeah. You know, I, I still am making music with the band. We're doing that right now. And, um, you know, because of COVID and because of, of stuff like that, we're kind of doing it via email and zoom sessions and stuff. But, um, yeah, I love the band and, uh, and uh, you know we're still we're still writing music together for sure.
1: Okay, that's great to hear. And um, I know, and from what you said already, people seem to connect with your honest lyrics. And you can put heavy topics to quite perhaps an upbeat melody. So was that always an intentional tactic in your songwriting, or just a natural thing for you?
0: Um, it was totally natural. Um, you know, I just have a tendency to write about pretty dark, heavy things uh, lyrically. And then I just kind of naturally um, write kind of bubbly, fun melodies. So um, there wasn't really a plan behind it. It just kind of, it just kind of happened naturally. And, and um, you know, we just kind of mixed the two together and that kind of became, became our sound.
1: Hmm. OK, yeah, that makes sense. And um, so on to, of course, Simon and the Island. So when was it that you created this solo project and why was it that you decided to do something different away from the strumbillers rather than perhaps make this kind of music with them instead?
0: Yeah, that's a really good question. And actually, it all stemmed from I was on tour one day and I just I was just thinking and the, the thought of the name Simon and the Island. And I was like, "Holy crap! I really like that name as a band name. I think it's really cool." Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was like where it started. And I was like, "Well, oh crap! I have I have a band name, but I don't have an, uh, music to put behind it." So, so over the course of months, even years, I um, I started to dig around in my my songs, my 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 catalog of songs, and I thought to myself, you know, um, as I mentioned before, you know, sad sad indie folk is like my favorite genre. And so I thought it made sense to maybe create an entity to, to make that style of music and release it under Simon and the Island. And sort of, I guess the reason why I decided to do it solo was just because to be perfectly honest, it was kind of a convenience thing. Um, The whole record that I made was done on my street. And what I mean by that is the producer is my brother-in-law who lives five houses down from me. And so it was a really easy thing to do to make a record um, at home during COVID when everything was shut down because I would write the melodies and the lyrics at my house, literally where I am right now. And then I would just walk up the street and give them to my producer and he would do all the work at his computer at his house. So it was literally like a home project that we did. Um, So it was super easy and uh it just kind of was a natural fit to to make music at that time um because uh, everything was kind of shut down and so while everything was shut down we just kind of quietly made a record on our street and that's kind of where it came from
1: okay i love that well that makes perfect sense you know just around the corner difficult times and everything you can walk there so this is brian pickett right so you're working with him some of the time
0: that's right yeah he was the producer and um and I also thought it was very interesting because Brian, the producer, um, his job is to write kids' music. So he makes music for like Paw Patrol and, and Total Drama Island and, and kids' shows. So I thought it'd be really interesting to pair up uh, this sad, dark music with a kids' producer. And so that's kind of um, kind of an experiment to see how it would work out. And uh, we're really happy with how it worked out. It kind of became like sad, dark music with, like, lots of instruments and lushness and strings and, and big production.
1: Mm, and how did he find switching to um, your more s- a sad style in your own words, you know, when he's usually working on all this kid stuff?
0: Yeah, I think it was, like, totally um, fun for him. Um, you know, um, he does work on a lot of kids' music, so I think just, um, you know, trying something new and and and, you know, working with me as a kind of a dark uh, artist. Um, I think he he thought it was fun and refreshing and something new to try. So he was very open to it and he's literally the nicest human being you'll ever meet. So I just kind of was like, all right, Brian, let's do this. And he was like, okay. So he's, he's just very, very open to anything and happy to try it. So, uh, but uh, you know, I'm a pretty pushy guy when it comes to doing stuff. So, um, so it just kind of worked out.
1: Okay, good, good. And then um I know that unlike the band, so with Simon and the Island, you purposely choose to present your songs in this raw sort of undressed state. You're not disguising them behind maybe more upbeat sing-along mel- melodies. Um, so is this, you know, something, again, purposely you wanted to create this different sound than the one you're known for or just lay it all out there and not disguise it anymore? Um,
0: You know, I don't think... It's funny, like it almost like I didn't have a plan. Um, I just kind of um, picked my favorite songs that I had written in the last few years and kind of just handed it over to him and said, Hey, I've got these melancholy songs, Um, you know, do what you will with them. I'm very curious to hear how it's going to turn out. And, um, you know, my only request is that it has lots of beautiful strings and and lush parts. And so a lot of the mastermind behind it was him and his production style. Um, so it was really like me creating the melodies and the guitar parts and then him doing all the instrumentation behind it. So it truly was an experiment. And, uh, and I was really stoked to how it came out.
1: Okay, because I was going to ask him um, how the songwriter compares to that of the band in terms of maybe inspiration, how they're put together. But are you saying these um, the three songs on your new body of work were they already written before when you were still you know doing stuff pre pandemic with the band?
0: Um, two out of the three were already written. Um, Muse uh, was written was the only song written this year, and um, you know I was. I was pretty depressed at the time and I hadn't written anything cool in like four months. So I was pretty down and out of myself. And like, I was, you know, ready to give up and, and, you know, quit. And then I just sat at this piano one day and wrote muse. So that, that one was kind of a new one, but the other two were definitely written like years ago and I just found them on my computer and, uh, and, and brought them back to life.
1: Okay. Um, and I saw on your Instagram, you mentioned Muse there that this one was actually written after you thought you'd finished the, um, the body of work. So what happened here? How did it actually end up becoming the lead track for you?
0: Yeah, we we were done the album. We were like happy with it and we were like, um, excited about it. And then, um, I wrote Muse and I sent it to my manager and I sent it to my, the producer and they were both like, yeah, this is really cool. Um, do you think we could put it on the record and I was like oh geez I don't know I don't even have any lyrics for it uh this was written this morning it's kind of a last minute thing um so we we kind of hustled our butts in gear and I sat down and I just wrote the lyrics that day and we rushed into the studio and uh and we we got it done just in time so we just thought it was really cool and uh we thought it would just fit really well in the record so we we uh we really hustled our butts to get that one done and get it out.
1: And if you, like you say, you did the lyrics um, kind of on the fly, as it were, like, you know, you needed to put something down to go with this music. Where did this, where did these lyrics come from? What, who's the song for? Or was it something you couldn't quite even particularly pin down?
0: Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, It's kind of weird, like, so I kind of take a lot of lyrical inspiration from Shannon Hoon of blind melon and like he would write like lines and just really like the lines and then like would pull them into different songs. And so sometimes songs would have like, um, lines from different places. And, and that's what kind of muse was like, it's, it's about two things. It's about my wife. My wife is my muse. Uh, a lot of my music is, is written about her. Um, but also as I was writing it, it kind of turned into being about all of my fellow sufferers out there who struggle with mental health. And, uh, and so it's, it's kind of written about my wife, but also about um, all of the people out there like me who suffer from mental illness.
1: Okay, that makes sense now that I've um spoken to you obviously and um so the three songs, so they're Muse, Scared of Not Knowing and Miss Maples, so they're very different. Is there a common theme there for any of them or are they just tracks that you felt went quite nicely together?
0: Um you're right. They're kind of um they're kind of different and and I think I think when I, when I selected the songs for the record, I just kind of selected my favorite tracks and almost didn't think of it as a whole piece. So um, I was just really attracted to those melodies and, and the songs in general. And um, I think like Miss Maples is sort of a fantasy and it's sort of about my wife, but it's also sort of about finding your true love and scared or not knowing is very about depression and sadness and hard times. And Muse is sort of a combination of both. So, um, I, to be honest, I'm just, I'm just such a, not a planner. I just kind of write the best songs I can and, and, and put them together on a record and hope that they kind of coexist together. That's to be on, to be totally honest, I, I'm, I, I just pick the best songs and, 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 and put them on a platter and hope that people enjoy them.
1: No, yeah, I like that. I don't know if everything needs a plan in order to make it work. I think that's great. Just get it out there.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Awesome. And um, so what do you hope people feel when they listen to this um, new body of music?
0: Um, you know, I hope that um, everyone who listens to it can enjoy it. Um, you know, I think um, when I was going through my first um, hard times with depression, um, the musicians that I listened to saved me. Um, you know, like the Shannon Hoons, the Lane Staley's from Allison Chains, Kurt Cobain, um, these type of musicians really struck a chord with me when I was in a, having a hard time. And so I just hope that I just hope people like the music, but also can connect with the lyrics and, and know that, you know, I also have gone through hard times and they're not alone. And, um, and, and that's, that's kind of like my, my biggest hope for this album is just that people can find some solace in the lyrics and, and know that they're not alone in their suffering and that there's there's somebody else out there like them. And uh, I hope it just kind of like helps people.
1: Mm, that's a lovely message. Um, and do you have any plans to perform any of these tracks live soon? Or are you planning to do anything with this strombellas maybe this year in a live setting?
0: Um, to be honest, not really. Um, everything's still kind of shut down for us as a band and as a solo artist. Mm. Um, I've just been trying to focus on getting this out. And um and I'm kind of still in those early stages and I I haven't really planned too far ahead to be honest. I'm kind of living my life day by day right now and uh, and and nothing is set in stone.
1: Okay. Well, I think a lot of us are still living day by day. So I salute you. I think that's a great way to do it, to be honest.
0: Yeah. Thank you. That's awesome.
1: <laughs> Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Simon. It's been an absolute pleasure to get to know you and talk about your music and your background. And um, thank you for sharing, you know, so candidly about your mental health. Uh, I really appreciate that. You certainly didn't need to, but it's nice when people are quite open with you and open about these things. Uh, it all helps, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, thanks for saying that. I really appreciate it. And uh, it was really, it was a pleasure talking to you as well. So thank you.
1: Thank you. Well, you have a wonderful day and um, enjoy whatever you do, walking your dog, etc. Um, I hope to talk to you again sometime.
0: Okay, awesome. Thank you very much.
1: All right. Thanks, Simon. Bye. Okay, bye.